Touchdown passes last year. This one's knocked up. Bowers tips it to himself, and he'll score. Snaps it anyway. Greer lobs it in the air. Oh, he has trouble with the snap, and the ball is free. It's picked up by Michigan State. Jalen wants Jackson, and he scores on the last play this year. Here's a blitz, and Plumnick didn't see it coming. He got blasted by Kayla Deloach, who has the ball and is heading toward the end zone. What is going on, everyone? It is college football talk with Hunter and Dylan, as always. Mm-hmm. And we are back here post podcast or post podcast post playoff episode <laughs> post podcast guys yeah um it's over already it's over it's over yes uh we were just just the actually the post credit scenes no we yeah. are back here episode 59 mm-hmm. and we got a nice show for you guys today we got the we're gonna talk about the playoff games what happened there yep. we're gonna preview the natty we're gonna talk about mm-hmm. the orange bowl and what to make of this from going from a total sport wise yes yeah. Nobody wants what happened there Saturday going forward. You can even take what happened Liberty and Oregon, too. Mm-hmm. A lot of blowouts. Uh, we got Bowl Mania update between the two of us, and then winners and losers of the week, plus, some, I guess, some transfer portal news. So we'll get right into all of it. Uh, we'll start, though, where all the main big stuff is. That's where the college football playoff. It's going to be Bama and Michigan. The final score was 27-20. to 20. Um yeah. And it was the Rose Bowl game. It was a really good game. A very uh, a game that I can only describe as the missed opportunity game, the mm-hmm. kick yourself in the foot game, I guess, and see who can take advantage of the, uh, your screw-ups the most. Yeah. I mean, just from a Michigan standpoint, special teams was made a whole segment. Yeah. We had the missed – Miss uh missed extra point because the center couldn't get the ball off the ground. Mm-hmm. You know you have the botched fumble that yep. led to seven or led to an Alabama touchdown. Mm-hmm. You have the uh the bo- another botched fumble that nearly resulted in a game losing safety. Yep, at the end of the game mm-hmm. that benched him back to the one. Yep, luckily they didn't. He his forward momentum saved him from yeah. about half a yard from getting swamped in the end end zone. Better than not, or or even then fumbling it. Mm-hmm. That was probably the more impressive thing because how many times have we seen guys that drop a ball, pick it back up, get tackled, and lose it again? Like yeah. it happens. That's that's one of the bigger things. So Michigan, a lot of miscues, and then they weren't able to take advantage of Alabama sloppiness. Just Bama couldn't protect Milrow. Yeah. And he got sacked six times, five in the first half, one in the second half. They blitzed the heck out of him, mm-hmm. which was smart on that end because Bama's sometimes been able to, hasn't been able to keep, or just consistently this year has not been able to keep Milrow upright. Yeah. And the blitz is where they've struggled the most. Uh, there was, oh, the center, miscues at center. <laughs> I mean, how many low snaps did we see in that game where at least pretty three. much picked the ball off the ground? The one big drive. I mean, there was back to back at one point. Yeah, so that was back to back 
missed. I, I mean, at that point, it was like, why were they even in shotgun anymore? Yeah. Like, what are we doing? Right. I mean, that was a huge drive because they were in Michigan territory. Yep. Back-to-back bad snaps pushes them all the way past midfield. Mm-hmm. It's like, imagine there, and because you have a kicker, your kicker's already hit two from 50-plus. Yeah. Like, those are free points that you're just leaving off the board. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was, um, you know, then, of course, the last play of the game in overtime, bad snap causes Milrow to panic, in my opinion, because mm-hmm. if you watch the play, they had two guys out to the left. They had, uh, I believe it was McMillan, or not McMillan, uh, Chase McClellan going in motion. Yes. And I believe what it was going to be was an RPO, but I believe what was going to happen was they were going to either dump it off mm-hmm. to him in the flat because there was the one linebacker who was in charge of the running back. He wasn't going to beat him because yeah. they had two guys out there blocking so either the cornerbacks were going to get off their block and make the tackle, or he mm-hmm. was just going to be a sprint to the pylon, and I think McClellan would have won that. Yeah. But no, if I you also so watch, one of their guards was pulling mm-hmm. on the outside for a QB design run. Yeah. Milrow, I think, because of the low snap, did not see that because he had an opening to that mm-hmm. left side. If he just bounces it to the outside, even if he goes straight and bounces it a little bit, yeah. he's walking into the end zone. Scott free again, low snap. I think he spoke, sped up the motor a little bit, made a bad read, bad read. And didn't see, yeah. didn't see the linebacker just mm-hmm. kind of panicked. I think in my opinion, and just yeah. made a play and it just ended up being running up right up the middle. Um, I mean, it sucks for Alabama to me. The, the moment this game changed in Michigan's favor at the end, there was the forced fumble. On Milrow, yes. Was it like with four minutes left, they got a forced fumble on Milrow? Yeah. When he was out of the pocket, and all of a sudden Michigan has great position. They go, they score, they tie the game, and then it's like Alabama can't do anything. It was a complete momentum shift mm-hmm. from this that standpoint because at that point it was seventeen thirteen. Bama had just got the ball back because they yep. were just Michigan couldn't do anything, mm-hmm. could not do a single thing. They get the ball back. I mean, if they score even a field goal, which I think they ended up – I mean, they ended up doing anyway, but uh, later on. But, I mean, they go down and score a touchdown. With the way they were driving, it felt like they could. Yeah. They were going to score a touchdown there. They had like one or two plays. They Michigan, were picking up Michigan bunch couldn't of yards. stop uh, McClellan there on the, with the pass off to the running. But they couldn't stop him. Every single time no. he was getting open, he was getting 10 to 15 yards. They were moving downfield, and then all of a sudden he fumbles. And their offense. Well, no, he didn't fumble. It was Milrow fumbled. That's what I'm saying. Milrow fumbled. Yeah, Milrow leaves the pocket, gets hit. I don't know if he was trying to transfer the ball to a different hand or what. Yeah. But it didn't look like it was a fumble from the hit. It looked like he just lost the ball in his hands. Yeah, he choked it up. Fumbles. Michigan gets it back. Mm -hmm. I don't think they did anything, though, on that drive, but. It's the well, they didn't do that, anything on that drive. It was just but it just that shifted play. the momentum mm-hmm. all the way back over. Because again, like we were saying, if Bama goes down the field and scores, yeah, like I had the feeling that if they go down the field and score here, which it looked like they were, mm-hmm. just by the way the game is moving, you know, they were just kind. Of, it felt like they were getting ahead of Michigan some. Yeah, that might have been the dagger. Yeah, and they didn't. They, they fumbled it. Defense holds. Got the ball back. Got a field goal. Big 52-yarder. Yeah. 
Um, and then when Michigan needed it the most, they go for it on fourth down from like their own 33. Mm-hmm. It was like fourth and two. Yeah. And there's like three minutes left in the game. If they don't get it, it pretty much guarantees, unless they fer- turned it over, that mm-hmm. Bama, I mean, they Riker at that point, like I said, had already hit two from 50 plus. Yeah. I mean, that was three points right there. I mean, that's a 10 point game with two, with like two minutes to go. It's not, you know, it's not happening. Mm-hmm. So the fact that they were able to get that and then go down the field there, and then I believe the play that set up the touchdown, the ball skims off the fingers of a Bama yep. defender. And if it had, if his hand was up a chad, like a half inch more, mm-hmm. that's getting deflected. Up in the air, probably, and there's two defenders waiting to pick that thing off. Yeah, where that ball was going, but it stays spiral, stays on it, and it, it completes for a pass. They go down the field and score, tie mm-hmm. it up, and then you know with then that led to the Bama couldn't do anything with like a minute and a half to go. Yeah, I was gonna say with like um, what was it? They got like a one. They got about one thirty or so. With the ball, I'm trying didn't to do anything. What it was, yeah, it was about a minute thirty. They had the ball at their own forty yard line, and then they, and they I, chose to punt it. I think, if anything, that might be their only, like, because I think, obviously, hypothetical here, you go for it, you get to like Michigan's forty five, right? Yeah. Your kicker's good enough that you might as well try to kick them. That's why I was so surprised by the play they calling because it, it was a bunch it. of intermediate, like mm-hmm. 15, 20 yard passes. It's like you've been eating them up all day with these short five to 10 yard throws. Yeah. Why are we trying to go deep right now? Like, That's what, just it, get some chunk yard. Just get some. I would just short mm-hmm. passes, get yards after catch. Like you're saying, you only need to get to probably the 40. Yeah. Maybe you don't, the 45 to test out the leg. Riker, I mean, he's got a cannon of it, a leg. Mm-hmm. Why not? But he's been accurate all year. He, he's he made, all-time he leading more scorer than one in the SEC. 50-yard field goal that game alone. Yeah, I mean, he's like, the he's, all-time he's leading SEC scorer as far as field goals go. Give him a shot. Yeah. But instead, bad play calling. Mm-hmm. And, you know, luckily it didn't come back to bite him because I thought Michigan was just going to turn around – the way that they had been starting to go on offense with McCarthy looking well. Yeah, he looked you know, he he was you know, for, well. as, for as bad as we talked about the quarterback difference, I think he looked like the better quarterback in that game. Maybe he looked like more, the better quarterback when they needed it the though. most. I think that's more of an indictment on uh, Alabama's defense than anything. Honestly, though, I mean, Bama's defense had been playing pretty well. For as bad as they had played all first half, mm-hmm. they only went down the half, I think, down three. Yeah. Like their defense had kept them in that game because that easily, the way that game had been going offensively for Bama, with, I mean, they they could have been down 21 at the half. Yeah. So their defense kept them in it, but I just felt like they were running out of steam towards the end. Mm-hmm. And Michigan just found rhythm. I mean, and luck. just that, that touchdown drive. That touchdown drive Michigan. off that fourth down conversion. It was it was a killer for Alabama. It was like they couldn't stop them. Whatever Roman whatever, Wilson whatever took JJ, over the drive. Whatever JJ McCarthy wanted to do on mm-hmm. offense, it was getting done. When he got that ten yard quarterback run, it was like 
Nobody on Alabama had any idea he was going. No. He got he got ten yards like it was nothing. For sure. And I mean, and Alabama got away with a. It probably should have been a call, a fifteen yard unsportsmanlike conduct for throwing him over when he was in the paint on the out of bounds. Oh yeah. Probably should have been another fifteen yards there. Like it yeah. was just like they had no answer at all. No. That entire and, like last five minutes of the game. And then, yeah, and then you get to overtime and mm-hmm. Michigan just two places in the end zone. Yep. And it's like, oh no. Because the way Bama had not it'd been so tough for them to score all day, just the way how stagnant the offense had looked. Yeah. Like, this is not good. And so they and they won the toss too, deferred, mm-hmm. obviously, because you want to play defense first and just Yeah, yeah. You well, you want to score last. Yeah, and, and overtime because you, you want to have an idea points. what the other opponents doing because mm-hmm. they get a field goal, you just need a touchdown to win. Mm-hmm. They but don't. They, you, know, you pick them off to score a field goal and win. Yeah, but they uh, they lost on, like I said, I was. I think it's because of a bad snap. The play I, before I, that, Jermaine Burton yeah. cut to the outside towards the sidelines instead mm-hmm. of possibly cutting back towards the inside and getting. I think he might have had leverage on that defender if he cuts yeah. back on the inside. And gets in, but he did pull up with a cramp in his leg. So I don't it know looked that way worse than a cramp, though. On like on that replay, I don't know if you saw that. It looked worse. So it, I mean, possibly that maybe had something to do with it because I think if he cuts back to the, goes back to the inside of the to the field, field to play, you know, mm-hmm. he possibly can get in right there. Yeah, um, I think the announcer said. I think Herb Street said like would have liked to seen him get mm-hmm. go to the end zone. And then turn back to at least have a shot, either get closer to the end zone, because he got tackled at about the three or four. You know, if he gets to the end zone and comes back, he might be get yeah. tackled either in the end zone or like the one or two completely changes the play. Mm-hmm. So a lot of ifs for Bama, a lot of the what ifs, you know, for both teams, because Michigan yeah. did not by any stretch of the means play their A game, and yet they no, come they out didn't. with a win. Um, I still. Um, I still a little concerned now going forward. I still, th- I mean, their defense align is going to be the biggest question going into this next game when they play Washington. Yeah. Um, because I'm going to talk about here in a second when we get to the preview, but mm-hmm. if they're, are they going to be able to have the same success against Bama as they do against Washington? Washington's defensive offensive line has only given up like 11 sacks all year. They yeah. Penix had was as clean of a pocket as against a really good D line against Texas. And that's going to be a story because if Penix can stay upright, he might just have a nice another field day, what he did yeah. the other day. So that will be probably the biggest story. And will Michigan's offense, because I can tell you right now, they probably won't be able to just put up 27 mm-hmm. unless it's a really low scoring game. Like they're able, they're going to have to put points up more efficiently. Yeah. And if they're not, that's going to be, will that be a, uh, this, this decision, you know, I don't know how I'm going to say it. Like, will that be like a game altering, you know, yeah, look at outlook on the game where they're not going to be able to put up points. Washington might just be able to outscore them if they want to. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, he, I, I think that's absolutely a real possibility, but I mean, we'll get more into it for sure. Talk about the, yeah. So we're going to move on to the next uh, playoff game, which was the nightcap. And before I say anything, I don't know if ESPN was trying to give us one, oh last, like, one last like tip hat 
uh, curtain call, hat tip, or something mm-hmm. to Pac-12 after dark or something. Yeah. But they started a game about 9 a.m. Or 9 a.m. Jeez, well, it felt like that possibly. <laughs> yeah, they started the game at 9 p.m. Mm-hmm. Guys, this Sugar Bowl ended at like 12.55. In yeah. regulation. We were in regulation the entire time. Mm-hmm. It was almost, it was about 1 in the morning before this game ended. It it was past like one one fifteen before Washington got the trophy for the like the Sugar I mean, Bowl. Like it was like this is insane. We gotta let's get the move on, guys. Let's go. This is crazy. And it Why? almost went to overtime too. What are we doing, guys? I mean, it is one in the morning, and we have games. We have a game still going on. Yeah. Now it shouldn't have been a game at that point, but Washington, knowing that they want to put the fans. Give you know, give the fans a show. Wanted to make it a yeah. full quarter fight. They did everything in their possibility to lose this game. Mm-hmm. Um, but I want to say, I just want to give my curtain call to uh, Michael Penix here. Now, somebody tweeted and said, like, maybe this is why we should hold off on awards until after bowl season because you want to, yeah. you want to leave the Heisman and some of these other big time awards after bowl seasons could lead to less opt outs. Because mm-hmm. you still want to put on a show, yeah. A lot of people are thinking now: Did Michael Penix get snubbed to the Heisman? Uh, he went twenty-nine of thirty-eight, four hundred and thirty yards and two touchdowns. Uh, he was about as efficient as uh, I can be in Madden, like yeah. on easy mode. Like this is—I mean, he was putting up just NCAA fourteen numbers out there against a pretty solid Texas defense. Now. I had been concerned going into the game. Could Texas's defensive the the back end hold up mm-hmm. if they weren't going to be able to get pressure? Yeah, they really weren't. Uh, found that out pretty quickly. But is it a bigger story how efficient Washington's offense looked, or how well the defense played in that game? I think it's more of a story of how efficient the offense was personally, um, because there have been conversations among the college football world that Washington were frauds. Yeah. I mean, let's, let's be honest with ourselves. Me and me and you both thought Texas would win. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, most of the money was put on Texas. How, what was the point spread? Texas was what? Like a three. I think favorite? it finalized. It fell and it finalized at three and a half. It opened originally at like four and a half. It dropped mm-hmm. all the way down to three and a half. Yeah. I think it stayed there. Mm-hmm. I mean, put that in put that in perspective. Washington had an undefeated season where they beat a top ten Oregon team twice in the yeah. same year. Yeah, and they were, you know, they were more of an underdog than Alabama was to Michigan, yeah. according to Vegas. Which is like, if you know, I think it just speaks to the doubt everybody to a degree had about Washington. And to me, Washington has just been all year. They've, they've made the call. They've done it. I mean, they're, they're not always pretty about it, but they get it done. And to me, being able to just walk in and have, I mean, no offense, but, you, you know, Washington had to travel from Seattle yeah, I mean, to New Orleans. Traveled almost cross-country. for Yeah, they, they did. I mean, that's pretty much outside of going, for say, to the Orange Bowl. This is about as far as they could have gone. And not only that, but they came out playing good immediately. I mean, the biggest thing that strikes to me is the fact that their offense diced Texas's defense. Oh, it was a complete, I mean, just a 
it looks a like five a star Michelin. Yeah, beautiful entree of how to just slice and dice your way mm-hmm. to get whatever you wanted out of that game. I mean, they, I mean, just completely did whatever they wanted to. Yeah, they ran the ball effectively, efficiently enough. They didn't run mm-hmm. it like crazy good, but they ran it yeah. enough to keep Texas aware of the run with Dylan Johnson. Yeah, and they would just beat them over the top. I mean, mm-hmm. just pinpoint accuracy. I mean, we've seen it all year. Yeah, but holy, I cow. mean, I mean, it almost feels like we should have expected this. What were we doing? Yeah, you know what I mean. Looking back at it now, but to me, I'm like, like wow. Like it just unreal to believe it's that Michael pretty Panics, fun to watch. Actually, Michael Panix Jr. just threw for four hundred and thirty yards in the Sugar Bowl against a Texas team that they were at, the line opened up at four point underdogs. I mean, they uh, and I'm not even. I mean, that's a pretty good Texas defense too. That mm-hmm. I want to say though that I do admire how well the the defense played because at the start, first half wise. They uh, and I kind of I think I might have mentioned this last episode with how second half adjustments go, which is why I also thought you know like Bama was going to be able to maybe take advantage, go ahead, pull ahead in the yeah. second half because as bad as they played in the first half, they've been so well second half adjustments this year. How sloppy like in the A and M game, Tennessee game, Ole Miss game, even in like the Georgia game, some they Probably were able to like they yeah so. Because, you know, it's like they were playing really bad, down, yep. but they were only down three going into half, and they were going to get mm-hmm. the ball start. It was all going to be good. They are going to be fine. Yeah. They didn't, obviously. But, like, Washington, Santa, same thing. You know, games like the Utah games, the Oregon games, they were able mm-hmm. to just kind of put the clamps down in the second half. Yeah. It's kind of like what happened in this game, too. It was 21-all going into half. Like, we were expecting just fireworks the entire night. Mm-hmm. Game kind of starts settling in. Washington. Then – that Washington goes up by ten points in the third quarter because so Washington scores mm-hmm. comes out comes out of the half, yep, just scores whatever yep. they want, and Texas gets the ball back, fumbles. Yep, my goodness, did they fumble the ball? They had a guy doing kickoff. We had a guy a kickoff returner with mm-hmm. one hand, yep. and another he had another hand a club on his hand. We have a one-handed guy playing kickoff returner. What are yep. we doing? So. They fumbled the ball, I think, three times. Fell yeah. Two or three. I got to double check. But it was two times. But I mean, two yeah, times in the times. most inopportune times to do it. Yep. So you had the one right off. They get to so round seven. It's okay. Mm-hmm. Right. We're all good. Yeah. Run they the get ball the ball really back. Well. Let's, get, let's get going. CJ Baxter's then. running the ball really well. Fewers mm-hmm. is playing okay. He's not really getting much help from his receivers. Yeah. He's not getting protection wise, but he's playing all right. And then they fumble. And yep. Thankfully, the defense stood up on their toes a little bit, got them, forced them to only three. Because if they go down seventeen, there, it's over. It's over. Well, no, it's not even. So, it's not even a game anymore. No, so check that. It would have been sixteen because it was twenty eight twenty one. So they held it yeah. to ten, but uh, it was twenty eight twenty one or thirty one twenty one. Sorry. And then they get the ball back. Don't do anything. And then you know someone who. Lost a lot of money. Well, not a lot of money. He lost some money to Texas mm-hmm. this weekend. I'm thinking, but I'm just watching as a fan. Yeah. If Washington goes down the field here and scores, as I think they were, mm-hmm. makes it 17, like halfway through the third, I mean, this yeah. game's over. There's no shot 
Yeah. 17 point lead in the late in the third. Mm-hmm. Like it's over. They don't I think they only got three. So they, yeah, they got three. It was a 31, 30, it was 34, 21. Yep. Texas got the ball back. Mm-hmm. AD Mitchell with a great catch in the end zone. Yep. Scores, cuts it to six. Mm-hmm. And then this is where all the fun goes. But I think I got off track a little bit. Yeah. Completely off topic. I was talking about the defense. That defense, the secondary for Washington, is legit. Muhammad on the back end, like, mm-hmm. he is really good. They got another guy out there. I don't remember his name. Be my guest. But they got some dudes back there in the back end. But then they got Trice up front. Yeah. Who's really good. I And he put a hit on Quinn Ewers late in that game, which I think he had his head spin. Yeah. Even though he got cleared. And they were showing Arch Manning. Up there warming up. Oh, ESPN was like, please. Get him in. Get him in. Homecoming game. Homecoming game. I mean, they made made it for a second look like Quinn Ewers was like 10 for 40 with three interceptions the way they were panning to Art Manning. Like, it was like, what are we talking about? It's a one-score game when they're talking about this, too. I know, right? They, uh, yeah, but like Braylon Trice put a big hit on him. Braylon Trice arguably probably could have had an argument to be the MVP of the game. Mm-hmm. I mean, he had four solo tackles, two sacks, three tackles for loss. Yeah. I mean, just a complete animal and a disruptor. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I mean, just the defense was able to keep Texas from doing anything, really, yeah. for the majority of that second half. Mm-hmm. And by the time Texas got going, it was probably too little too late, obviously. Yeah. What I, what I think killed Texas more than anything is Washington having a five-minute drive in the fourth quarter to get that field yeah. goal. That Because that just took – all of Texas's time away. They had to score sure. as quick as possible, and then all of a sudden, guess what? You can't. There's like two minutes because, left. Because you, you go down, get the field goal, you get the ball back, you have like 30 seconds, and they barely got in range. And I, I think if Tex, if they would have cut that drive by Washington down instead of five minutes to four minutes, yeah, I think Texas very well could have easily won this game. So what I think was the big thing, though, too, the fact that it was it was a six point lead. Mm-hmm. And I think Texas was getting the ball back. They were getting the ball back yep. down six, and they fumbled. He just lost the football. He got hit yeah. and lost. Yeah, the yeah, football. yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh my gosh, they did it again. Like just yeah. another clumsy fumble. And I'm thinking, this is over. Like they are screwed really now because that was mm-hmm. in the fourth. There was like seven minutes left in the fourth. That's where I think you're saying, yeah, like five minute drive killed him mm-hmm. because te- Washington's a team that loves to play tempo, yeah, but doesn't like to go fast. They just love to. They love if you watch pretty much every play in that second half mm-hmm. was ran at started like they would start go sending guys in motion under ten seconds left in the play clock. Like yeah. they wait. And wait, they will just mm-hmm. drag you out. But they will get up yep. on the line though and wait. So, and then that's when they luckily again they able to keep the hold them to seven or hold them to three. You want to talk about this ending because I think a lot of people went to bed. Yeah, I was not, but I was not. You know what's funny? I, I was just, this close to doing it, but I, I didn't. The first, the first half of the game with all the fireworks, I was I was barely even paying attention. I was just slowly watching, like. And then the they, last, the last two quarters, when it was just like a, the weirdest game ever, I was like, "I'm all in it. Let's go." This is so. Texas gets a field goal mm-hmm. to cut it to six. Yep. 
they were inside. They were about to score, but knowing the clock, it was fourth down. Mm-hmm. Don't risk it. You got to get you're down. You got it. You're down. You need a field goal anyway. You were down nine, so you, so you needed get a field you needed, goal anyway. You needed two scores to even. Correct. Yeah. So you kick the field goal. Mm-hmm. You go for the onside kick. I'm always an advocate. Know that if you're kicking a ball that's sideways, laying on the ground, you're not going to. What has it. that ever had success? Yeah, you got the most successful onside kicks are the ones that get top spin on them and they mm-hmm. just fire it and find an awkward hop on the turf. Yeah, those ones. What are we doing with the sidekick crap? Like. Put it but on a team. And it was a horrible fake, too, where they had the one guy run up. Yeah. And then swap to the other guy to kick it. It's like, yeah, Washington is exactly what you're doing. It's you're, always the second kicker. So it's like the second kicker is there has been kicking all day. We know who the kicker is. Yeah. So they do that. It's like, oh, well, game's over. I mean, but Texas did have two timeouts. No. Yeah. yeah no. They, yeah. Texas had two timeouts, and Washington, and so, the, the, I mean, Texas defense. Up, so Texas defense steps up. So Washington, in theory, could have just taken a couple knees and ended this game. Well, what happened was they, so, but I so they, they ran the, the ball, ball, or they ran the ball. Yeah, they ran the ball three times. Mm-hmm. They burn Texas burns both their timeouts. Yeah, and you know it's so it's third down, clock's not running. It's like third and five, and. They could have, in theory, just taken a knee. Yeah. They choose not to. They run the ball. Dylan Johnson gets hurt. And yeah. now, so you're, so me and I was watching this with my dad, and I'm thinking, so in theory, Texas is going to get the ball back like mm-hmm. 20, 15, 20 seconds left. Yeah. Dylan Johnson gets hurt on the play, which causes a, which stops the play. That's mm-hmm. a timeout. That's an injury timeout, which yeah. gives Texas a free timeout. And the clock doesn't start until the plays now until the next until the ball snap on the next play. Yeah. So Texas gets saved 47. They get 47 seconds now to work with. Mm-hmm. No, and then it got bumped to 50. Yeah. So yeah, they have 50 seconds. They get gifted. It could have been yeah. 10, like 15 seconds. Now they're at 50. Mm-hmm. The center, who's the long snapper, who goes down the field, runs into the receipt, the return, the return. Yep. On some uh, inexplicable reason, I can't explain. He called for a fair catch, and you hit him. Yeah. So that's another 15. And now you're looking at Texas has the ball at, like, the 35 with 40, 45 seconds to work with. Mm-hmm. Knowing that the clock stops after each first down, they get a huge play to Jordan Winnington, which gets him to, like, the inside the, tw- the, inside the 30 for Washington. Yeah. And then inevitably they get down to about the 20-ish. After a nice catch, they got reviewed. Mm-hmm. They got inside the 20th. They leave to like the 15, somewhere in that 15 range, that teen range. Yeah. So now I believe there's like 15 seconds left. And I'm going to ask you this because I know you were watching this. But, yeah, I mean, so Texas has a, needs to score a touchdown to win the game. They're going to win this game yep. on the most inopportune Washington meltdown. Mm-hmm. I mean, this would be the worst collapse in human history if Washington yep. blows this. I mean, this is going up with Miami and Georgia Tech earlier this year if this happens. Yeah. yeah. Do you – I mean, the play call selection at the yeah, end of the that game. Was the, that was the thing that weirded me out there. Especially the first down. There's like 15 mm-hmm. seconds left. You have no timeouts. You're like at like the 12-yard line. You yeah. need to get to the end zone. 
What's this rinky-dink halfback toss that gets yeah, I, no yardage? Yeah, yeah. It was like – Burns five uh, seconds. I was like, were they trying to just, like, change where they were on, like – were they thinking, like, they needed to get to a specific hash mark or something? Like, what, what is going on? Right. That was my only thought process there. I was like, I was like, just like Sark have like plays that he needs. He's like, no, guys, we need to be at this yard line. We can't do it unless it's right here. I mean, unless they were just trying to get closer to the end zone, but then throw like a little like tight end out or something. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, did, I I didn't get why they weren't like. I know Jatavion Sanders had got hurt, who's their best mm-hmm. tight end, but you, you a couple have, plays before you, that, you're not you're not at the five yard. You have space to work with still. Yes, just you have every to, throw at that point needs to be in the end zone. Yeah, yeah, no, exactly. You have space to work with. You have the ability to snap the ball, throw it, like give your guy like, it's, you know, you, you, you could give. You have Whittington and Mitchell, two big body receivers. Worthy, like you have like Xavier Worthy, who was really a no show, but I think he had actually got banged up maybe in the game. Uh, he had a 38 yard catch at one point, but but like you have Mitchell and Worthing and, mm-hmm. and Jordan Ward, or Whittington, yeah. who had been your two big body guys who have made plays in you for you mm-hmm. late down the stretcher. Like give them a chance, and I know the one pass they tried to get to Mitchell, and it was overthrown a little bit. Yeah, but like the final play with one second left. Immediately, somebody uh, Barstool posted like the Mac Brown one second against Nebraska. Yeah, uh, but I believe if Ewers throws it on a line underneath, like a lower, just bullet kind of pass mm-hmm. to Mitchell, he has he's in front of the defender. Mm-hmm. The defender's not going to be able to make a play on it. The only reason why the defender made the play and kind of got on top of him, which was textbook, by the way. Yeah. And just swatted it away because he floated it towards the back, like the side part of the end zone. Mm-hmm. If he throws that on a line, I believe Mitchell's going to catch that ball and they're going to win. Yep. Or what's going to happen is they're going to be tied because they're going to pull the old LSU-FSU mantra and just – Miss the extra point. Just get it blocked. Yeah. But even then it would have been tied. But and Then the know, game would have gone on until 2 a.m. Oh God, they would have. Although I would have loved to see that because neither team was going to stop each other, and we the in the world would have seen how stupid two point conversion off are. Yeah, and we would have mightily finally had changed. Uh, but yeah, I just think if that's a lower level throw, I didn't like how the they sent winning or Jordan Winnington in motion. To just kind of like he they they should have had him and Mitchell near each other mm-hmm. to almost have like a jump ball kind of throw. Yeah. If you're going to just lob it up, make it a jump ball to your two biggest receivers. Mm-hmm. So, but nonetheless, though, I think Washington survives, holds yeah. on, wins in a huge game for them. Um, and it sets up now a really intriguing matchup as we can just kind of move right into it. A really intriguing matchup here with the uh, national championship game. Yeah. Um, I still don't understand why it's on Mondays. It's it's so stupid that they're so scared to compete with the NFL. Again, make it on Wild Card Weekend or Saturday. Make it on Week 18. So now, well, this weekend they'll have the playoff or the some big time games that have mm-hmm. playoff implications. If they partnered with the NFL, they could have had those games moved up. So instead of four and eight, you could have had mm-hmm. the Steeler game at one, 
the Texans and Colts game at four, and now you have the national championship game at eight o'clock for everyone to watch. Yeah. Instead, it's on a Monday at like, and it's not going to start till like eight, which means it won't mm. end till like midnight. Yeah. And you're not going to, you want to know why ratings for playoff games in the national title games significantly go down? Because nobody's going to be watching on a random Monday. Nobody, nobody wants to stay up till one in the morning on a Monday. On a non-holiday Monday? Yeah. Get out of here. No. See, my thought process, hear me out. You do the playoff games before New Year's, right? You do them like you the start weekend move, before. Start and then, the season sooner in August. Mm-hmm. That way, I forget who was it. Somebody said that, like, kind of like what you're saying. Yeah. Start the season up earlier. That mm. way you have you get the playoff games going in December. Yeah. Whether or not instead of starting them in January, which will I think kind of help out with the opt-outs and portal, the transfer portal message. I actually think as for as dumb as Danny Cannell is sometimes, his idea of having your season start with the bowl game is actually now, really smart because it creates intriguing one. matchups for week one. Well, they just schedule. I don't know. Because no, some they... schools are terrified to schedule good opponents. Like no offense, but like the University of Florida refused to schedule away games because they were scared to lose money. What do you think Bama losing? does? They play in neutral site games. If they're it's, not going to go for away from home, they're playing in the neutral exactly site, which is in Dallas. Why week zero bowl games would be so much fun? I don't. I don't. I don't think. But then, if you're doing that, then mm-hmm. strictly make the postseason just the playoffs. Once your season ends, exactly. Your that would be the um, point. Yeah, especially with a twelve-team playoff. Yeah. But uh, for focusing on this one here, we'll, it's been crazy amount of time on the preview, yeah, no, but because yeah. we kind of talked about some. But nonetheless, Washington, Michigan. I like I was talking about a little bit ago. I think the biggest thing about this game is going to be up front because mm-hmm. you have the Joe Moore winning offensive line against the Michigan D with D line, which is really good. Yep, can get after the quarterback. Mm-hmm. They blitz you. They love to get pressure. Yeah, will they be able to against a offensive line? That has only allowed 11 sacks all year. Mm-hmm. I believe somewhere in that area, I believe, is what it is. So if they can keep Penix up, right, it still will be a challenge because Michigan's back end's a lot better than uh, anybody. With a single played. set, and they have some other guys out there that are really good. Michigan's got a lot of, especially on defense, they've got some corners who are just. Yes, they got some animals. They got some animals on defense. They do, and so that's going to be. It will be a little bit more of a challenge, but I do Mm -hmm. expect you know, like Adunze and you know Polk and McMillan, like they're so tall. Like Adunze's so tall, lengthy. Mm -hmm. He's a big. He's a big body guy that can just do whatever he wants. Yeah, and then you have McMillan and Polk in the slots. Like they have some speed. Will Michigan be able to keep up? That is going to be a huge test because again, I think if. You're not going to get pressure on Penix. You're mm-hmm. really going to leave your corners out to dry against these wide receivers, like what Texas happened. Yeah, and it's not going to be good. I mean, a Dunze a casual six catches for a buck twenty-five. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Polk and McMillan had their numbers too. They had, I mean, Jalen Polk had five catches, buck twenty-two. The tight end might be another secret weapon for both teams because then you have. For Washington, you have uh, Jack Westover just seemed to be just a third-down machine converter, just completely. Every time Washington needed a first down, Westover got yeah, one. Six catches, 59 yards. Didn't make mm-hmm. a crazy impact, but 
he was making those big third down conversion plays, kept the chains moving. Yeah. And I think that's really, I don't know how you feel, but like, I'm just thinking if they're not getting pressure on him, they're really going to leave them out to dry. And I think Mm -hmm. Washington, that's how Washington can take over a game like they did against Texas. Yeah, no, I I agree with you. I think to me, the big game changer is the quarterbacks. Um, We, I think we both agree. JJ McCarthy had his best game as a quarterback against Alabama there. That was the most impressive performance I've ever seen from him. Right. Yes. He looked like below average compared to what Michael Penning Jr. was able to do against Texas. Right. And, you know, I'm going to say this right now. I think Texas had a better defense than Alabama did this year. I think they had a better defensive line and they had some guys on their outside who were just a little bit more talented than Alabama did. Mm -hmm. So to me, my first thought process is I, I just can't go against Washington anymore on this stuff. No. Like I feel like I feel like if I do, I'm like crazy now. Because yeah. I I don't know about you, I picked against them all year long. I picked Texas. I picked Oregon. I picked Oregon. I picked Oregon State. I think I picked Washington I a couple that. times, but I thought Oregon State was going to get them. Mm-hmm. I thought Oregon was going to get them the first time. I think I had Washington the last. You had Washington in the title game. I had Oregon in that title game. I really thought. I just thought Washington being a double digit in some books, a double digit underdog to a team that you beat is crazy. And I was like, there's watch them come out. I am concerned. The only big concern I have with Washington in this game, Dylan Johnson got banged up. It didn't look that good because he had to get real. He needed help getting off the court. He ended up getting carted out. I, the, the health of him is really going to be big because if they're not going to be able to run the ball efficiently, I really do think that's going to put pressure, though, on that passing game because they need to have some sort of running game to just keep the defense in check. Mm-hmm. Because what you don't want is to have no pass and deep run game, and then everyone just kind of drops back in the coverage more. Yeah. Or they can just pin their tails back and just start rushing the quarterback. Because if they're able to rush the quarterback and have success, it's really going to be a tough day. Um, as far as Michigan goes, McCarthy, who's I still have my doubts with, Mm-hmm. That'll always be because I and the fact that Jim Harbaugh had the audacity to say he might be one of the greatest college football quarterbacks of all time, an oppressor after the Rose Bowl, wild is a wild statement in itself. I don't think he's a top, he's not a top five quarterback in Michigan football history. He's like, not a top ten quarterback about? right now. He's not. He's a it's good. In he's Michigan a great quarterback to have history. when the like, pressure's what, on. What are you doing? But if you're looking at strictly just best quarterbacks in the country, he's not a top not, 10 guy. He's not even close. So, But he's made the plays when he needs to mm-hmm. to help Michigan win the games. Will he be able to do that again against a very good Washington secondary who stepped up when they needed to against a really good receiving core in Texas? Yeah. And Texas and, had a better receiving and, core than Michigan does. And will Not to disrespect Michigan's guys, but – no. Those Texas wide receivers were better. Where Michigan can have success in this game is not through the air, but it's on the run game because exactly. Washington does struggle against the run some. I mean, mm-hmm. C.J. Baxter was able to have success against that against Washington's run D. Yeah. If he they if he's able to, uh, there's no reason why Blake Corum and company can't. They will. That will be a big thing because if you can get pressure off McCarthy and just be able to run the ball effectively. 
that will really help you out, especially in play action with Roman Wilson out there. Get him involved and get your big tight ends going. Mm -hmm. That will be a really big help because if you're just able to pick up five, six yards of carry, yeah, you're leaving Washington's defense out to drive some because they're not going to have success because mm-hmm. now you're bringing everyone up. You're going to beat someone over the top. Yeah. So that's where I look for Michigan to have success with. Mm-hmm. They can run the ball with Quorum, and you know yeah. Quorum's going to get some He's going to get his, his runs. He's going to get his yards. He's going to get his touchdown or two. Yes. That's he, no question about it for If me. he can get his runs and just start – get those – not even crazy chunk plays, just like I said, no, just, five to six-yard carries – he can if he can get consistently eight yards on a. I mean, dude, it's Michigan's offense will be fine though. Like him and Donovan Edwards, if they can get rolling against the Washington defense that has struggled, like I said, yeah, they will. They will probably win this game if mm-hmm. they can just control the line of scrimmage, eat the clock, and that's another thing. Michigan want if they want to do anything, they can play against Washington's strengths, which is long drives, eat the yeah. clock. Score. Put pressure on Washington now in that passing offense to say, we don't have a lot of time, guys. We got to go down Mm -hmm. the field and score because our defense isn't stopping them. So they're eating clock up scoring, which will put a lot of pressure now on Washington's defense to stop them, put Mm -hmm. pressure on their offense because now they got to go score. And again, it'll make a one-sided, which is, we don't have time to run the ball and do all that stuff. Got to pass the ball. Yeah. So – um, is there any big key, like, like who are you looking out to try to like, say like, who's the X factor in this game for you? Michael Penix Jr. Yeah, we know. Come on. I mean, not, not, you know, just like he is different. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I, you know, just a, a couple other things just to, you know, bring up, you know, it looks like the line has opened up at, uh, Michigan, a four and a half point favorite. Yes. So, I mean, I just, I don't know. I like. Over-under is 55 and a half. I mean, I, I, I'll save my pick here for a second, but like X-Factor for me, the tight ends, I think for me, mm-hmm. it's going to be uh, Westover for Washington and yeah. Loveland for Michigan. Are they going to be able, who's going to be able to be that third down guy? Got to need a third down short, medium-ish. Tight ends are always going to be your number one option, in mm-hmm. my opinion. Who's going to be able to step up, be that little quick little Swiss Army knife in a sense? Yeah. Um, you look for, um, you know, a Dunze on the outside. Is Roman Wilson going to be able to have a big day? I expect, like, Muhammad to probably be on him. Mm-hmm. So we'll see if he's able to do something against one of those those corners out there. Yeah. It's going to be a fascinating game. It's actually a pretty interesting game as far as just kind of different mindsets on how to score. Mm-hmm. Um, defensively, defensively, you know, Washington is okay at giving up points, but their second half adjustments are second to none. Michigan, will they be able to just ground and pound? A lot of questions will be answered on Monday. Uh, game pick time, though. Who do you like? I'm going to go Washington. Oh, you just said you weren't. You said you were picking Michigan. Did I? I thought you said you can't go against Michigan anymore. No, I said I can't go against Washington oh, anymore. Fuck. I picked against Washington so many times <laughs> this year. No, I'm going. I'm going Washington to win 28-24 in a close one. So I'm going to go Washington too, and it's probably going to eat us both in the butt. But hey, you know what? Though we die together. That's right. You're going to live and die by your pick. So I'm going to go yeah. Washington. 
I'm going to say 27 to 23. Okay. With my picks. So, eight. So about really a really good point, game. A point a point off of mine. Yes. <laughs> and you know, we got we can't have the same number. No, so. I, both teams are going to miss that extra <laughs> point. It's going to be crazy to watch. All right. We got about a couple minutes left here in the show today. So, uh, we're going to quickly just go through some main topics here before we get into Mole Mania update. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Orange Bowl happened this weekend. Yeah. Um, it was a 63-3 win for Georgia over mm-hmm. Florida State. Both teams, majority Florida State had more of their starters out. Um, from a cumulative standpoint, though, both teams similarly had about 27 to 25, 26-ish guys out. Yeah. So injuries, opt-outs, and just transfers. all that, transfers and all that. So mm-hmm. a lot of missing guys. Yeah. Um, obviously, you saw what happened with the score. I mean, just Georgia did whatever they wanted to. Yeah. If they had their starters the entire game, they might have hung 80, 90 points on them. Mm-hmm. So, but they didn't. I mean, even the backups for Georgia went in, out, shut them out in the second half. So, yeah. nonetheless, though, I think that's more of a depth thing. I'd be looking at, though, the future, taking looking at this game, because mm-hmm. even Kirby Smart said in the back in the postgame, like, nobody wants – college football's got a decision to make. Like, yeah. nobody wants to see what happened today going forward. Mm-hmm. And it's only going to continue with these bowl game opt-outs. Yeah. Because it's still there's still going to be bowl games, as he said, when the 12 team comes around next year in mm-hmm. 26. What do you what are we supposed to do with these bowl games? That if you're a non-playoff bowl game, I mean, what is that? I mean, are we just gonna continuously have opt-outs? Um, the you know, the portal with how the calendars structured are structured right now with mm-hmm. you know the portals opened up during the season, you have coaching tra- changes happening, you know, it's national signing day. Early yeah. signing day is happening. All of this is happening in the middle of the season. So you're just resulting in more opt-outs, a lot of transfers, and you continuously stress. People in the media continuously stress and say, bowl games don't mean anything. Mm-hmm. You know, there's no – it's all about kind of like – once we get to this part of the season, bowl season, it becomes kind of like a me before the team kind of spot. Some for yeah. a lot of teams – a lot of big-time players. And and the worst thing is, at this point, it's hard to even argue against them when they make their argument. Because yeah. their argument is pretty simple. If I get hurt, I lose millions of dollars. Yeah. If I if I go play the game, I get a pat on the back. Yeah. And I that's, do... That's the problem. But there's, I guess right there's now. two mindsets to have it. So mm-hmm. we can strictly look at this game. Yeah. And this is strictly my opinion. Mm-hmm. Take it for what you want. Yeah. For Georgia, I think it was more of like a – for Georgia, I mean, they could have easily had a better – and easily it's just as good as an argument to not give a, sh- mm-hmm. give a crap about this game. Yeah. I mean, back-to-back national champs, you lose your 20 – your 29-game winning streak comes to an end because you mm-hmm. lose by three points on a neutral site to a team yeah. that's going to the playoff. And the, now they got the Orange Bowl, which is mm-hmm. big-time bowl game historically. It was the 90th yeah. edition. Like – who cares? I mean, meaningless game. Like nobody cares. It's just an exhibition yeah. game. Why? Why? Why bother? Mm-hmm. But I think they said this, and I and they said this, and the, all a lot of the players said this. Kirby Smart wanted to say this, so like, like they wanted to finish what they started. You, mm-hmm. you want to just finish the season out with your guys. Yeah, I was credit to a lot of the guys that told like you don't have to play in this game. Like they wanted to play in this game and finish. Mm-hmm. And you now you look at Florida State. A lot of the guys. Obviously, opted out. I mean, and some of these guys are going to be first round guys. 
Yeah. That's fine. But like a lot of the guys that just opted out just to not play or a lot of the, you know, transfer guys that said like this in the meaningless game, like I'm just opting out. I'm not going to finish the season. Yeah. Even guys that were going to the draft that could have just stayed. Like a lot of guys for Georgia who just committed to the draft played in the game. Like again, like yeah. they had no business. A lot of these guys for Florida State just said, no, mail it in, which is fine. I mean, yeah. it's a meaning, it's an exhibition game, has no I meaning mean, for you. But I'm just I, thinking from my standpoint, yeah, the culture, it's like you could have, and I know they were wronged big mm-hmm. time. Were they one of the most deserving teams? Yes. Were they one of the best teams? No, not at the time. But yeah, I'm just saying they I could mean, have made a point and just yeah. said, you know what, we're gonna go out here. Even if we lose, we're gonna go out there, give it our best. Yeah. If I'm guys like Patrick, uh, Patrick Payton, mm-hmm. and Kalen Deloach, who go yeah. out there, these are draft guys who are coming back who will be drafted at some point. Mm-hmm. I'm a little ticked off that yeah, I'm going out there when I don't need to be out there, mm-hmm. and I'm putting my body on the line because yeah. I like this. I love this team. I'm gonna finish what I started. Mm-hmm. But like, I look at guys like, you know, you know, I look at my other guys that are going opting out because they're gonna go to the draft. It's like, why weren't you joining me in this? Like, why mm-hmm. aren't we finishing what we started? We could have made a point today. Yeah. Or just not lost by 60. But <laughs> they come out I, here, they lose big time. And it's yeah. like, I mean, it's like, that's got to hurt, though, if you're a mm-hmm. guy who busted your tail, you want to finish what you started, but then you see mm-hmm. your other teammates are like, we're just, we're just going to mail it. Yeah. I just, I, for, for, you know, I'll, as a Florida State fan, it's hard not to be biased about this, but like, from a lot of those players' perspective, they felt like they were told their season didn't matter at all. None of the yeah. games they played mattered. So to them, playing another game also doesn't matter. True. So there was no point to finishing what they started because it never mattered to begin with. I mean, I know. Which is well, such I'm a bad saying, thing to say, but at the same time, it's like they got they had two options. They could either play the game I mean, and whatever, or they could just not play the game, finish the year outright. Even if you lose, you still say, okay, you know what? We, we finish, we fit, we start the season together. We're going to finish it together. Mm -hmm. I think that's just the mindset that's changed over the last decade or so. It's a a hard culture to create because I I think people talk about all the time. It's now with social media, your parents, like your friends groups, your Mm -hmm. agents now that are saying, listen, don't be playing this game. Like you're going to lose money. And then they yeah. kind of just like, okay, that's fine. Like, mm-hmm. you know, you look 10, 15 years ago, like you want to finish what you started. You want to yeah. win the games. You want to try to win the games. You want to try to get momentum going into next year. Mm-hmm. But I just, for, for me, my thought process is this. I, I have a couple of things. Number one, I think anybody's saying that it's a culture issue with Florida state. It's like, you're not, it, it's not a culture issue. Every like Georgia at one point had an opt out problem. We all know. It takes time to build yeah. a culture where guys will, even when you lose the like, only game that really matters, you'll still play the bowl game. Because, I mean, everybody remembers you know, the Sugar Bowl against Texas. And, and so I think that's what really sparked a lot of these guys to play. Yeah. you saw what happened in Texas 2018 game. Mm-hmm. They, had no, they did not want to be there. They felt no. like they were legitimately just pushed out. Yeah. So they said, screw it. They did not want what happened in Texas. I think what happened in Texas sparked the – fire under their ass to say yeah well really we're gonna finish this yeah just go out there and make a point what i think sparked georgia more than anything was the cincinnati game even though they beat the cincinnati team they were way more talented than cincinnati they had some guys that was a close game 
That's what yeah. I'm saying. They had a lot of guys opt out for that game. And all of a sudden, a team that they were, I think they were like 11 or 12 point favor, fa- uh, favorites over, they won by like three points. They won on a game 55 yarder, Pod Lesney, or 56 yeah. yarder. And I think Kirby Smart sat down and went, we cannot let this happen every single year. No. Where we're double digit favorites versus a bowl team, and we just flat out look yeah. like we don't want to be there. But that takes time to build. Yeah. Like Kirby Smart's first couple of years in Georgia, if they weren't going to the playoff, his players did not care about the bowl game. I mean, that Texas game, everybody remembers. Yeah. There were guys who opted out, who went to the game and just danced on the sidelines and went live on Instagram. Like it was not not trying to like but it was no, a, no. it was an embarrassing moment for Georgia football. Yeah, I mean they lost and it was still like a seven point loss, but yeah, it was like you but had the game two didn't teams feel Texas like a came in. Loss. With like a point to make, they they yeah. wanted to go out there and win, and Georgia was just there to be there, and I think that's yeah. what happened. Obviously, that's what happened Saturday. Mm-hmm. I think the only difference degree. there is that Florida State right now, as currently constructed, obviously doesn't have the depth of a lot of the other like no. Georgia, and I, that's right? what showed because yeah, even the second, third, mm-hmm. and fourth stringers just completely dominated Florida State yeah. in that second half. Mm-hmm. And and I, I don't think that's. Like an indictment on no, it's not. It's just I think depth wise, I think just talent roster wise, depth wise, like it's Mm -hmm. just better. And I think anybody and any any sort of roster evaluator would tell you, yeah, Georgia is is, has more talent as a roster than Florida State, but Georgia's also been recruiting at a high level for seven years now. You know what I mean? Since Kirby Smart's gotten there, they've been top top ten classes consecutively. Top five classes. Yeah, yeah. yeah every, every single year, they've had top ten, top five classes every single year. You know, Florida State's still building to that point. You know yes. what I mean? So obviously, as constructed, not the same team. So my thought process is, you gotta somehow create an incentive for guys to play. Or I think this problem's gonna get worse every push, single year. This is where I think they gotta have some sort of governing body. They yeah. need some sort of governing body, commissioner, mm-hmm. some sort, to say to figure out this calendar spot because this yeah. is where the issue is because now you have to you need to fix the football calendar because mm-hmm. if you move the portal date back and it's hard because with S, with the academic calendars yeah cuz you have to go off that realistically too because now you have spring semester starting up next week for most colleges mm-hmm. portal opens up because it has to open up because the guys got to go and enroll yeah for spring Yep. Either you need to figure out something where push start the season in like a week or two before earlier in August. Mm-hmm. That way we're getting bowl games done. That way you can get the portal opened up faster. Yeah. Or wait, you need to wait till at least the playoff games when all the other like playoff day for the portal to open up. Mm-hmm. Because I think that's what's good. That can help because you either need to push the portal date back by starting the season sooner. Yeah. So that way we're getting through our games and then the portal opens. The early signing day, I think, needs to get pushed back. We can't yeah, I agree have all this happening at you, once. You, you need to push early signing day into January, personally. It push. needs to be like January like 20th should be early signing day, and then the other signing day should be Look in at like the NFL. March. You have the season April. start, season mm-hmm. starts, playoff start. Yeah. And then once everything's done with the Super Bowl's mm-hmm. gone, then trade deadline opens. Or no, then yeah. you have the combine, and you- then you have the draft, and then the trade deadline. And then, and then you, you have, have free agency, and then yeah, well, free agency is always happening, but like you have the you know, guys, the guys can't the free really agency. Sign no, the free up. agency opens up, so you have yeah. the combine, the draft, free agency, and mm-hmm. then once all that's going on, then we're getting into the practices like training camp yep. and all that, and then mm-hmm. the season starts, and then we start yeah. the cycle again. 
college football season starts in August, get to December, the portal opens up a week, one week, mm-hmm. two weeks, two weeks later, early signing days happening. Yeah. Season's still going on. We have bowl season in the middle of bowl season. That's and what I mean. Is that like, a, we haven't even got to our playoffs yet. Is you, you got a program like Florida State, for instance, right? Who they missed out on going to the playoff, right? As a program, they're not going to openly say it, but you know the coaching staff did not care about the Georgia game. The well, even Norvell get- said, and we got to move on here yeah. in a second, but mm-hmm. even Norvell said in the presser, if they would have lost the ACC title game, or let's say they – I know he said the ACC title game, but I'm in my mind I'm thinking if they would have lost that, or let's say they lost to Clemson earlier in the year. Yeah. Still going to win the ACC. Mm-hmm. He said – they would have had. They wouldn't have had as many opt outs. They would have yeah. been more guys playing because you know you want to finish finish strong. Yeah, like they did last year again yes. in the Cheez-It Cheez- Bowl. I mean, they played Cheez- the Cheez-It Bowl and they got guys like um, Jared Verse to come back and play. You know what I mean? Yeah, they got. Well, obviously he would end up coming back for the next season, but like they had. I can't remember his name. They had a couple guys. I mean, imagine if even if they had like their D line starting, mm-hmm. even without Verse. Let's say Farmer and. A uh, brisk, brisk play. Yeah, Georgia probably doesn't run for three hundred and seventy-two yards. Yeah, Georgia doesn't put up sixty-three points, and it, you know, they, even if, if they're not, let's if, just if, say if we even, fix the portal, where Florida State doesn't go score three points, they probably score like what fourteen points, right? If they yeah. had their D line and their backup, even if let's score probably ends I mean, up being even like, if they had full strength. Even if they lose by three scores, it's better than losing by 60. You know what I mean? Yeah. You're putting up more of a fair fight. And going forward, it's only going to continue to get worse because unless they fix this, it's only going to get worse because now you're going to have more guys opting out, more guys not care. And the portal, Mm -hmm. even with this 12-team playoff, the way the calendar's structured, you're still going to have opt-outs, I think, in my opinion, in in the playoff games. Because yep. guys are gonna have to make a decision. If you're not starting, you're gonna get out of there. Even yeah. if you don't want to, maybe because maybe you're a second or third string guy, or you're a second string guy with a guy that has had mm-hmm. injury issues, but he's back healthy. But you never know. You got to make a decision. Is is like a is like a, this sounds like a horrible situation, but like imagine like a situation where like if Oklahoma would have made the playoff, right? And Dylan Gabriel has to leave. That's a realistic possibility that could have happened. I mean, if Florida State— Dylan Gabriel would, probably would not have ended up starting either way next year for Oklahoma, even if they went undefeated. Yeah. He would have left the team right before they played Michigan in the play. Like, that's insane, but that's what would have happened. Next year, let's say, like, hypothetically, let's just hypothetically. Like, next mm-hmm. year, Georgia makes the playoff, which I yeah. think they will. I mean, Gunnar Stockton's going to be the number two guy. What if he just yeah. decides, I, I'm kind of done. We got Puglisi behind me. He's probably going to He's gonna be – he's a freshman. He's going to be a sophomore yeah. next year. Or hey, – it's like – I mean, I have no business being here. Yeah. I'm going to get but out like, and go find someone. Be smart. Like, like, like um, I don't know. What if Quinn Evers doesn't have the greatest season ever next year, decides to come back – And now back you're and stuck with Arch year. Manning. But here's the thing. He transfers out because Arch Manning's going to be passing him next year. I mean, what happened you, with Malik Murphy saying? is the prime yeah. example. Quinn Ewers got banged up. It mm-hmm. almost became Arch Manning, the third stringer, having to go in. Yeah. In this game. So a lot needs to get fixed. And I think it has to start with some sort of governing body at the top mm-hmm. to uh, just look over all this and make something work. Because if you're not all this opt out stuff, it's bad for football. It's bad for the sport because it's just 
We don't need these big time playoff games and New Year's Six games being blowouts. Mm-hmm. Fiesta Bowl blowout. It was like a forty point win for Oregon. Yeah. You had Georgia win by sixty. Mm-hmm. Missouri played it uh, played one. Ohio State missing majority of their guys. And I'm not saying Penn State was missing some of their top draft guys. Yeah. I don't think it would have made a difference. I think Penn State would have lost anyway because of how bad, poorly offensively they play. But Mm -hmm. Ole Miss has a bunch of guys coming back but had no business. They could have gone to the draft, but they're coming back, and they Mm -hmm. wanted to play. And look at that. They won. So a lot's got to get fixed. I think the playoffs kind of cover up a lot of what's happening behind the scenes a little bit. Yeah. Um, So – Unless, like I keep saying, like unless, and I know you agree, but like unless they get someone to commission this stuff or mm-hmm. get a group to look at this, they need to break away from the NCAA, find a commissioner to do this oversight, see all this stuff. Yeah. It's going to be the same stuff. So uh, we're going to quickly move on though because we were meeting a time and I got to head out here in a second. But- I just want to say one last thing. I don't want to take too long. I, if I was the commissioner, I would do yeah. one thing. I would shorten the month of December when it comes to games. Yeah. So that. It lasts to like the 25th. Correct. Right. And then I would put the transfer window from New Year's Day. Yes. To the 6th. That's what that's the transfer window. It's gotcha. shortened. It's not as long. It's not as drawn out. And then you just get rid of early signing day yeah. altogether. We don't need it. Early signing day, just move it back. Get if, back. We're, if we're gonna if we're gonna do early signing day, move it because there's January. two early signing days, too. Yeah. Make it one big early signing day. Mm-hmm. And that way, then you have your two portal windows, but push them back. And but the worst thing is to me, it's, I mean, we got to move on. But early signing day two doesn't really matter because all the big guys who are going to sign sign in the first one, and then you just sit and wait for the rest of them. The second wave is the post spring practice guys that know they're yeah. not going to make it, so they got to mm-hmm. get out. Yeah. So, and it's just it's a lot that needs to it's, get fixed. It's it's and it's not even crazy fixes. I think the biggest roadblock before we move mm-hmm. on it's yeah. the academic schedule because yeah. schools as easy as it would be it'd be much easier if they didn't have to go off what the academic schedule is but mm-hmm. since you have to you got to figure out a way i just think the most realistic option is they're going to start the season two weeks sooner mm-hmm. and get these have the season finish up by like new year's yeah the playoff the national championship game should be finishing up by new year's that's what i'm saying you put the national championship game on New Year's or New Year's Eve, if you and start the, portal the season, opens up the next day. Start the season a week or two. Start mm-hmm. it like the because it usually starts on Labor Day. Start it like the 18th or like that the teen week, like 18th yeah. or the 20th of August. Yeah, and then you have everything. You have your bowl games. You have your playoff games in December. You finish mm-hmm. up bowl. You finish up conference scheduling, conference yeah. uh, championships by like the last week of November mm-hmm. or first week of December. Then you know. The, you give maybe two weeks off for holiday stuff. Yeah. And then you get right into the playoff games. And then yeah. you, you finish up by New Year's. So even if you want to start January 8th as the national title game or January, whatever that second weekend of January is, mm-hmm. fine. Get the semifinals going. Everything moves up or finish either on New Year's or have the semifinals on New Year's, but move yeah. everything about stuff. So yeah. I think we're no, going to. Sh- yeah, I agree. <laughs> We got well, when we when NCAA game comes out this summer, we're gonna fix everything. We will. We'll uh, explain gonna, to everybody how we're doing it too. So emergency presser. So we're gonna move bowl mania update to next episode after the yes. championship game. Uh, we're gonna just do winners and losers of the week. Uh, mm-hmm. Quick transfer portal news. Uh, Cam Ward not going to Miami, heading to yep. the draft. 
KJ Jefferson to UCF. And Will Howard is a sneaky guy to be looked for for possibly USC, Ohio State. Mm -hmm. Um, Still in the mix there. Evan Stewart has not, is leaving, uh, is moving on from interest from Tennessee. So look out possibly Florida State, Ole Miss, uh, USC, and Oregon, possibly. Looking there. So a lot of big names still on the board, uh, but should be finishing up soon there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Brock Bowers um, is one of the many Georgia Bulldogs, as long as Javon Bullard, Jerry yep. Burst, all of them. But they were recently have already gone to the draft, uh, committed to the draft. So congrats to them. Mm-hmm. Sad face for Brock Bowers. Um, <laughs> go tight end. Uh, we're going to quickly just do winners and losers of the week, yeah. and we will get on out of here. Mm-hmm. Dylan, my winners and losers of the week, my winner, big winner this week is Michael Penix, 430 yep. yards, two touchdowns. Mm-hmm. completely diced up Texas. Yeah. Do whatever you want. I think at one point, like the third quarter, he only had like five incompletions. Mm-hmm. Just insane. So he completely dominated, and uh, yeah. he's my winner of the week. My losers of the Fair week, enough. the Bama O-line. Mm-hmm. Six sacks, three bad snaps, which altered the game. Uh, completely, just completely crushed any momentum or in the your season down yeah. the drain. So uh, I blame the O-line for that one. Because he had a good play call, but the snap yeah. again ruined it. Yeah, no, I agree with you. My second loser, Texas's defense can't have mm-hmm. it. Got to be better. Um, played the run well, but just no pressure on Penix is not going to do anything. And you just left your corners out to dry against Adunze and McMillan and all of them, Polk and all of them. So McMillan, Westover, Polk, and uh, Dunze. I mean, just completely left them out to dry. So those are yeah. my losers of the week. Yeah, no, that's fair. Um, my biggest winner of the week is Jim Harbaugh. Uh, he finally gets the monkey off his back. He wins a playoff game. Um, I mean, it can't get much better than that for him, right? No. Now, can right. he finish I, it before he goes to the NFL? Can he finish it before he takes that job in the NFL, which, let's be honest, he's going to take a job in the NFL eventually. So yes. we're just waiting until it happens. I do think it'd be funny if they won and then it gets vacated in like two years. That would be hilarious. And then they give Georgia a three-peat. <laughs> yeah. No, but – um. My my losers of the week, obviously number one, I think is bowl season in general. Mm-hmm. I mean, it pretty much bowl season just got exposed for the fact that if most if you're schools, not in the playoff, mo- if you're not in the playoff, most schools, players, programs in general just don't really. Care. I mean, I was looking at, I love that point because I it just the rely quest bowl, Wisconsin, LSU was in Tampa. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Ironically, the Saints were in Tampa this weekend. Yeah, you're like okay, bunch of LSU fans possibly coming in. Mm-hmm. I mean, just I mean, Wisconsin just took over that state. Yeah, there was no LSU fans pretty much there. Yeah, I I, I remember I know somebody, and LSU won the game. I know somebody who goes to LSU, and she was at the game on the LSU side, and she showed a video of the stadium. Right, the Wisconsin side was completely sold out up into the upper decks. The LSU side barely filled out. I mean, even on TV, it looked it, like it, it was just it, it, was, it was yeah. The Fiesta Bowl starting a game at eleven a.m. local time. Stadium is empty. This is a New Year's Six bowl game. Empty mm-hmm. stadium, pretty much. Yep. So, mm-hmm. uh, I love that point there, actually. Yeah. But uh, and then my other loser is just Ohio State in general. Mm-hmm. Um, the fans, for everything about them right now, I feel like if you're an Ohio State fan, you are probably miserable about the team right now. Um, there's questions about your head coach. Is he the guy? Um, you just got no offense, but the Florida State fan, I got embarrassed. So I'm gonna just say it. You got embarrassed by Missouri. Um, what a and that's an honorary winner of the week. Eli yeah. Drinkwitz in Missouri, five wins last hey. year, needing a season. 
a 10 wins, uh, 11 win season. Mm-hmm. Is 11 yeah, wins? That's a big, yeah. 11 and two to finish out the year. Mm-hmm. That's huge. And now you have, I believe you'll have Luther Burden back. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I've got to double check if Brady Cook's back next year. I know you're losing Schroeder or Schrader, but you're getting some guys back with a nice little recruiting class, transfer portal class coming in. Mm-hmm. Missouri could make some noise going into the SEC, I think. They might be, they're going to be a tough out. No, absolutely. But, um, I think the worst thing, though, for Ohio State fans is definitely Michigan winning a playoff game and going to the national championship. A coworker of mine, a mm-hmm. former coworker for you, uh, yeah. is in, in nightmare fuel right now if he has to watch Michigan win. So I know. I did. I know exactly what you're talking about, too. And I'm yeah. like, he like, says he's not burn he's, his ring. He might he's melt not his ring. happy about this. So, yeah. Um, but that's going to be it for today, guys. Uh, we're going to have a nice episode next time closer next week ish yeah. um we'll have our playoff or national title recap we're gonna have bowl mania update finish out and winners lose the week but a lot more as well because you know college football never sleeps so right uh make sure you guys are subscribing we had over 180 views on this last episode a record pretty high, good yeah that was- sure <laughs> make sure you go guys because i know there we still pick up no subscribers off of it so make sure you guys are subscribing and uh Remember, if you're subscribed and you send me a picture, free shirt, just send me the shirt. We got hey, this merch. We got, got it right it. here. Guys, come on. College football playoff. College football talk. Get that nice shirt right there. Yeah. Really comfy. Really good stuff. But you guys got to make sure you guys are subscribed. Dylan's got it right there. Woo! Come on, guys. If you want it, send me a screenshot. Make sure you guys are subscribed. And we'll get that shipped out to you for free. So, But make sure you guys are subscribing on the YouTube, listening on Spotify, giving that big thumbs up. We'll catch you guys next time. This is College Football Talk. Peace out. See you guys.